question for all the nice spiritual single people out there is, are you mature enough to handle a weird situation (laughs) for this Valentine's Day? And I'll tell you what I mean by this. I've said in the past to people that ask me the question, how old can I be when I can start dating? And I've realized, you know, dating and marriage and all that, it's its really a family situation, pastoral preference. It's different here. It's different there. It's different everywhere. But here for the loyal listener community, we've got a few guidelines that we hope you will follow for your own healthy relationship. And I've always said to people that ask, when can I start dating? Well, figure out how old you want to be when you get married. How old do you want to be when you get married? Count back about two years, and I think that's when you're ready to go. Because I think people have it in this mind that dating's like getting to drive a car. It's like this, I'm, I'm getting to be an adult, I get to have privilege, and it's supposed to be fun. Well, you quickly find out after your first car wreck, the car was never meant to be a toy. It was never meant for you to have fun. No, it's responsibility. And it's a privilege. And and I think dating's the same way. It was never supposed to be fun, although you should have fun dating. You know, life and marriage is supposed to have a an element to fun in it, but really it's about responsibility. It's about responsibility and getting into it without responsibility and without some certain goals and without some specific purpose and what do you want your dating to do for you can really be a big setback to you in your walk with God, to you in your career, to you in your school, your education, your friends, your future, your family. And uh, all you're going to have is a big pile of failure because you didn't date right. So I just I just think in life, you whatever you do, give it 100%. Give it 100%. If it's God, give it 100%. If it's school, give it 100%. If it's friends, your social life, give it 100%. If it's reading your Bible, give it 100%. If it's listening to podcasts, give it 100%. If it's dating, give it 100%. So yeah, count back about two years because what's dating for? Dating is to find a suitable helpmeet for you. Okay? That's what it's about. That's what we preach here. That's what we teach here. That's what we podcast here. That's what we record and upload here. And uh, we're sticking by it. Two years. So if you want to get married at 20 years old, count back two years at 18. On your 18th birthday... Maybe in your basket of birthday cards, you'll get a letter from a secret admirer. And you can post on your Facebook, hey, whoever that secret admirer is, <laughs> I say yes, and get your first date. And then you can dump him. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we won't go there. We'll stop right there. Anyway, but I want to add to this, how old can you be when you start dating? I want to add a little, um, another bullet point to this. You know, this is an ever-growing subject because culture changes and people change, right? So count back to the, do the count back to two year thing. And then also I would like you to add to your list, to this list, to this bullet point that how old can you be when you start dating? It's when you are able to handle weird situations. And I guess we can say with some maturity, let's all be adults here, but can you handle a weird situation in the toxic world of dating. What do I mean by a weird situation? Well, I don't know if I can really describe it to you, 
I don't know if I can give you a deep meaning. I usually like to give definitions. I don't think I could do that. So I'm going to do what the Lord Jesus Christ did. And I'm going to put forth a parable, okay? I grew up in church. I grew up in a youth group. I grew up in a hyphen group. I went to Bible college. I dated. We became official. I got engaged. I got married, had a wedding, got married, and here I am married to this day. So I've observed it, I've seen it, and I've seen a big need for this type of content and subject. So we're going to put forth a parable uh, about this. So let's say there is a Bible college girl, and she has a very controlling boyfriend, only in private, only when it's him and her, in private, very controlling, okay? You know the type. But he's nowhere to be seen with her in public, You know, he doesn't sit by her when it's lunchtime, you know, when it's church time, he's nowhere to be seen, but in private, oh, it's very controlling and he has his way. All right. And she's going along with it. Well, you know, it's the first guy she met her freshman year. She thought he was so cute and they've been kind of a thing, you know, right. But in her heart, she's always had this crush on another guy who is out of state and only her close friends know about it. You know, she had, the crush existed before the private controlling boyfriend ever came uh, into her life. And uh, she tells some friends, and you know how things go. You just sort of talk sometimes about things that aren't your business, but it gets out through, I guess, uh, <laughs> healthy gossip, right? It gets out through healthy gossip, one girl to another, through DMs and whatever. It gets to this guy that, hey, there's this girl and uh, in college who finds you to be very, very attractive, and she is actually interested. And this guy from out of state flips out because this girl is absolutely gorgeous. You know, she, she knocks him off his feet, right? You know the type. And he's always thought so and, and maybe had a little small speck of feelings for her in his heart, but he never made a move because, well, because of how beautiful she was and how elegant and classy and just way up there. Well, she thought she would never be interested in him. Well, come to find out, she is. She's not out of his league. She wants to be in his league. <laughs> and so he comes to, I don't know, some revival at a local church there in town or some conference or something, and she happens to be there. He's there. Worship's great. Choir's great. Uh, the Fiery Five is great. The main message is great. Altar call just explodes, and after everybody gets the Holy Ghost and everybody gets touched and everybody's blessed, Everybody's still chatting around on the altar before everybody uh, finally goes out to eat. And this guy from out of state uh, comes up to this girl because her controlling private boyfriend is nowhere to be seen. Uh, he's uh, he's out in the hallway or he's in the media booth trying to look important or something. <laughs> and the guy from out of state comes up and says, uh, hello, praise the Lord. And uh, they shake hands. Uh, her eyes sparkle. Uh, She smiles. You can hear her lips go across her teeth. And inside, he's like, oh, God, she is hot. And uh, but he doesn't want to make a make a putz of himself. So he just simply says, you know, I would love to talk to you more sometime. Uh, Whoops. I mean, wait, did you enjoy the conference? Did you have a good service? And she goes, wait, what? And He goes, "Okay, yeah, I would like to call you. Can I have your number? And she goes, "Uh, yeah. And she gives this number, and that's all that's said. That's all is done, but everybody happens to see it. And word gets back to the private jealous boyfriend that uh, your girlfriend just gave her number away to another guy. And so that night, they don't go out to eat with everybody. They don't go out and have fun. Instead, he drives her to some park somewhere, sits her on a bench, and paces back and forth in front of her and lectures her until 3 a.m., 
about how wrong she was to give her number and what's wrong with him and this and what, you know, okay. That right there is a weird situation. And my solution to you, girl, is if you want to date other people, then say so. You don't have to craft or come up with or type out or prepare a flowery emotional speech. If you want to date other guys, then say so. That's all you got to do. There's no ring or watch on your on your finger or your hand or no commitment or whatever, no outward or inward, whatever plan or expression. It's just a Bible college dating relationship. And if you want to date other people, all you got to do is talk about it. I'm Justin Gleason. Welcome to this Valentine's Day 2023 original. You're listening to Justin C. Gleason, the media home of God, Bible, and church. Give an offering for the work of this content through Cash App, PayPal, or Venmo at Justin C. Gleason. Galatians chapter 6 says, Let him who has taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. He who sows to the Spirit will reap everlasting life. If you want what is taught in this episode to be active in your life, then I invite you to give what the Lord says to give. Thank you for your generosity. God bless you. So uh, what causes these weird situations to arise between a guy and girl? Uh, they, they just happen, and you got to know how to handle it. More so, how can you avoid it? That's really the wisdom, is learning how to avoid it. And I think the real way to avoid it is open communication. Always explaining the facts and always explaining the feelings. Guys, I recommend you state the facts first and then your feelings. Girls, it's probably better to go with the feelings first and then your facts. <laughs> okay, now guys, you know you need to do this when... And girls, you know what I'm talking about. Guys, what the girl will do is... It might be the, I don't know, sixth or seventh date or whatever. She's going to point her finger at herself and then you and then get her mo finger moving faster back and forth. And by the end of it, she's already gone to uh, swung her finger back and forth 27 times. And what she's going to say is, I need to know what this is. <laughs> I need to know what this is. And apostolic guy, I'm telling you, when that happens, it's time to take initiative. Look, you want to fall in love? I think you do. Who doesn't? You want to fall in love? There's another L word that goes with that love word. And it's very important. It's called the loop. The loop is a good thing. She needs to be on the same page with you. He needs to be on the same page with her. And to get on that same page, maybe you should have a page. Maybe you should write out the facts and the feelings. And you know who else needs to be in the loop? Her dad, her mom, her whoever, her pastor, his mom, his dad, his whoever. And that's really about it. Uh, friends probably shouldn't be in the loop. Brothers and sisters probably shouldn't be too much in the loop. But uh, you and her in the loop and whoever's above her, whoever's above him, keep him in the loop. All right? You do that, chances are there's going to be no weird situations. Open communication is a very, very good thing. But there's a couple things, uh, some, I guess, insightful points that I've just been, that have been rolling around in my mind and my heart for a long time that I want to give you. It's from experiences and observations and just simply, I guess, uh, revelation. 
from the spirit uh, on how to avoid these weird situations. Okay, if you're saying a lot, we are just friends. Chances are you're going to be headed into a weird situation. <laughs> okay. And I'll tell you why, because the facts and the feelings aren't matching each other. The facts and the feelings aren't on the same page. That we are just friends. Guys, I'm going to tell you, there's nothing harder for a guy to do than to have to tell the girl that he truly loves that we're just friends. <laughs> and, uh, you know, another guy asks, so what, what are you? What is this? And you say, oh, we're just friends, but inside you're really in love with her. If you're doing that, you're headed for very weird situations. And you need to tell that special girl how you really feel. And uh, if the feelings aren't mutual, you need to be prepared to walk away. If she uh, is flattered, but she doesn't say anything how she feels, you need to be okay with that. Give her time. But you need to take the initiative in that first step and be the man, right? Uh, to be the leader and uh, let her know what this is and say, Hey, your friendship means everything to me. I hope we're always friends, but you've got to know this friendship has feelings, and I just think you are absolutely striking. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they say nowadays in 2023, but um, you need to find the words and tell her how you feel, and uh, she just needs to know. All right, and then uh, go from there. It could go a, a many different directions, but. Um, <laughs> If she's giving you a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of this and a lot of that, it's it's time. Why, why? Say it. Say so. Weird situations are avoided with words. Words will put a big X through the weird. Keep the words going, okay? Talk is cheap. Do a lot of it. All right? Okay, so if you're saying we're just friends, you're headed for weird situations. What, what about the we're just hanging out? All right, what about that? Let, let's, let's go there. We're just hanging out. You know what I think? We're just hanging out. It's actually code. It's code for just, we're just making out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's code for we're just making out. We're just hanging out is code for what's just making out. You know what that is? A lot of physical content. Con not physical content. <laughs> physical contact. Inappropriate contact. Not apostolic contact. Okay, we don't do that. We don't test drive the car before we buy it. We don't do that. We don't fornicate. We don't do any of that, okay? All right, we could go into depth in this, and uh, we'll see what happens. Don't have a lot of notes in front of me, just a lot of thoughts and feelings that I'm sharing with you. But if I hear just that we're just hanging out, that's the code for we're just making out, and I keep my eye on that situation because I don't want uh, people to start breaking God's law and God's word and then putting themselves in a big setback. So let me tell you this. Okay, if you're just making out, there's a lot of physical content, and that's it. Okay, you know, it has to be placed where it's appropriate, and that's appropriate for married people. Uh, you know, if your pastor teaches don't kiss until your wedding date, that's what you need to line up and do. I don't follow that same ethic. You know, uh, Isaac kissed Rebecca right when he first uh, saw her. Jacob kissed Rachel when he first saw her. You know, there, there's that going on. So I, I kissed Sister G, you know, on our first date. Maybe we talk about that later. There's, there's that. That's about it. Hands. Short hugs, short kiss, there you go. Okay, is that so bad? If, if you have a problem with that, then you have a problem with that. I don't know what else to tell you. So having a lot of physical content with uh, <laughs> contact with no intention of pursuing a marriage, I'm telling you right now, in, in, a, in a serious point, that's not good for your soul. 
that is not good for your it's not good for your soul. You're going to be all torp inside eventually. It's not good for your soul. It's not good for your future to do that. You know, everything has a purpose. Everything has a place. And when you get out of the way God intended it to be, it's going to be distorted. And with all the internal conflict and chaos and, and uh, mental anguish, the last thing you want to do is put yourself in a position to, ha- to become all tore up inside through a weird situation. Okay. Thirdly, I want to say to avoid weird situations. Now to recap, number one, we've got the we're just friends. If you're starting to say that a lot, you're headed for a very weird situation. If you're saying a lot, oh, we're just hanging out, you're headed for a very weird situation. And then the, um, it's not so much what you say, but kind of what you're doing. It's the dating without being mindful of a date. Dating without being mindful of a date, meaning a time uh, segment of this. Okay? You need to figure out how long have we been going steady and is it time to make the first time to make the next move? It's essentially, you know, you've been dating for three months. You've been courting for three months. You've been talking for three months. What's next? What is this? And if you don't do something out of, I believe in three month increments, three months, uh, you'll know, you'll know if you're ready to become official after six months, you should be ready to know if you're going to be engaged and you need to be talking you can't just enjoy the feelings and the time together and the companionship and, and having a nice uh, interrelationship status on your social media. Okay? You can go months and months and months and years and years being an item without a commitment. So if you're going to be dating, you need to have a date in mind. After you get engaged, you need to have a date set within three weeks, not three years. I feel sorry. Sorry for these girls that said yes to an engagement, got the ring, and three years later, no date has even been set yet. Is that healthy? No, it's not. Is that a weird situation? It's becoming that. And I don't think it's good. I don't think it's spiritual. I don't think that's I don't think God is in it. That's not functional for humanity. And you want to have a happy marriage, you need to have a healthy dating relationship. Dating is the foundation of the family. It is the foundation of your future household. So that's what I preach. Date right. Date in the will of God. Date in the ways of God. And watch yourself have an amazing foundation in many, 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 many years of happiness with your future husband or wife. The Justin C. Gleason Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Please leave a five-star rating and a great review. Contact me at justincgleason at gmail.com. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Justin C. Gleason. And share this episode with your friends. We're taking the genre of religion and spirituality to another level. I uh, have been hearing a lot of negative things said about long-distance relationships. Like, people don't want them. People don't think they work. People think they're bad. There's no way to even get to know somebody. And uh, if you feel that way, there is a good chance you're going to be single for a long time. Your singleness may become a spinsteress. And uh, if that's what you want, hey, uh, I won't stop you. But... You want to get married, it's not going to go probably the way you always thought it would, maybe the way you wanted or hoped it would. You need to be open 
for uh, any open door that God may have through a long-distance relation. Hey, let me tell you what, single American guy, there could be some beautiful girl uh, from uh, the Pacific Islands somewhere. So you just need to be open. Close distance, long distance, near distance, wherever distance uh, they may be. So some people say that... uh, you know, long distance isn't good, but I say there are some serious dregs of close distance. And there truly is. And sometimes it can just be a big mess, right? It can be a big mess. And everybody has to stare at it and look at it. Some some breakups in the youth groups, hyphen groups, Bible college, wherever, it's like uh, somebody just threw up right there in the middle of the floor. And we all had to sit and watch it, look at it, and uh, smell it. <laughs> and nobody wants to clean it up. Clean up your own vomit, right? So, yeah, there's some of these breakups, and it's just bad. But, you know, long distance, if there's got to be a breakup, you know what? It typically is okay. It's typically okay because, you know what? Nobody really has to take the fall. It's just you walk away, no more phone calls, no more texts, no more DMs, whatever. The only time it could be awkward awkward is if you have to get on the same elevator in the hotel at a conference. Um, I'll stop right there. But, yeah, with long distance, the uh, third parties typically aren't caught up in the weird situations. So I'm for long distance. Long distance, typically, you don't have too many weird situations. You can, but I'll tell you this. uh, Keep this in mind. If you are, like, closed off to a long distance relationship and you are only open for a close distance relationship, let me tell you this. I I never dated, really, a girl in our youth group. Um... Nothing serious. I I didn't have a serious girlfriend until Bible college, and even then I wasn't ready. I knew I was going to get married about 27 or 28. I really shouldn't have started dating until I was 25. But, you know, you want to look cool. You want to look popular. All your other friends have boyfriend and girlfriends. So, you know, why not me, right? That was my situation. But uh, I got into a weird situation, and I was receiving uh, anonymous letters from a secret admirer. You know, the first one was funny, whatever, you know. <laughs> and I thought, well, there could be something to this. Then I got a second one the next day. And the writing style, the words that were said, I was like, okay, uh, whoever this girl is, she's nuts. But then I thought, wait a minute, this could be one of my friends. This could be a dude. But the handwriting, you know, it was like that uh, composition size paper uh, with a perforated edge, beautiful, legible handwriting with a pink pen. I'm like, there's no way one of these dudes here on the third floor of Gateway College are writing me letters. If it was them, it would be like the spiral notebook ripped out and there there would be uh, paper sh- shreds everywhere. It would probably be in like uh, black ballpoint ink. <laughs> so I knew it was a girl. It was a real girl. I thought one of the girls, not a girlfriend, but a friend girl of mine, is she playing a trick on me? And uh, so I started putting the feelers out. And I I was smart enough to know if you want to figure out something, start uh, making the information public. So I started uh, showing the letters around like, do you know anything about this? Do you know anything about this? And uh, the letters kept coming. I mean, it was like a letter every day for three weeks. And uh, (laughs) we finally figured out who the girl was. It was a girl I had no intentions of having anything with. There there would never be a what is this at all. So uh, my friend Michael Ray from Oklahoma (laughs) had the wise and brilliant idea. He said, Jay, we got to get this to stop because I wasn't going to talk to her 
That's weird. What am I going to do? Go up to a secret admirer and say, hey, uh, I know you're a secret admirer, but I want to be an, uh, an opener shutting down of this situation and stop the letters, please. I'm not going to do that. I probably should have done that, but I don't know. All my life, I've been perceived as being so mean. And I don't know why I've been perceived as being so mean. And it's just simply because I'm very direct. I can be very direct and very appropriate, I think. But some people, I, I don't know, they just get things in their mind and their heart. This is how it's supposed to be. And cross a boundary, cross a barrier, and I have to be the one to uh, sit them down and say, no, you can't do this anymore. And it, and they play the victim, whatever, tell everybody how horrible I am. And they, I've just been through that enough in my life. So I, I try to handle delicate, uh, situations very delicately. Well, Michael decided to make copies of all these letters and put them in everybody's box in the whole student body. So everybody read them. Everybody figured out what was going on. And you know what? It stopped the letters. It stopped the letters. You know, that girl a few years later got married, had a bunch of kids, and then uh, committed the big A, and now she's divorced. It's kind of sad. So anyway, so that was a weird situation for me, and it was a close quarter deal. And uh, thankfully, we got past <laughs> all of that. But um, the thing that I'm proud of myself about was I handled it right. And I avoided weirdness for myself because, you know, I'm there. It was my junior year, I think. I've got a call of God on my life. I've got purpose in my life. I'm trying to head for good things. And the last thing I need is uh, not not handling a weird situation, right? So avoid them. They'll, they'll really set you back. They'll get into your mind and you can't get anything done. It's not good. It's weird. It's crazy. And so uh, the secret admirer thing, I... I think it's I think it's cute for people uh, under the age of 16. After 16, come on, grow up. State your name in business. No secret this or secret that. That's just weird. I don't I don't buy it. Don't do that. Make it open. Make it clear. State your intentions. And because uh, because I, 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 feelings can get can get all out of balance. And some people use your words. Use your language. I don't know how else to say this. So. Anyway, I think to avoid weird situations, you need to go through the five phases of of dating. The healthy relationship style. Okay? And I think what you need to be doing is, number one, the talking. And when I say talking, that also could include dating. That also could include um, uh, the thing called courting. Courting, I would say it's a new thing, but it's actually an old thing. An old thing uh, being brought back. Whatever you may call it, talking, dating, courting, essentially all that is is a lot of conversation and some time together with no intentions of falling in love, no intentions of developing any feelings whatsoever for each other. You're just simply talking and asking good, thought-out, purposeful questions to find out if that person is suitable or not for you. And you're putting yourself out there a little bit to figure it out things that are most important to you, things that are most valuable to you, and you just kind of figure it out. And that usually takes, I don't know, about three months. And you need some time to figure that out. And if you do that, you'll really be setting yourself up to avoid weird situations. <laughs> so after the talking and all that, I think, uh, in, I mean, take it as far as you want, take it as far as you need. Uh, you can let emotions get in, into that if you need to. But one thing that I 
am seeing that I think is bad is people think they can only talk or date somebody one, you know, one at a time. And I think there's different rules for guys and girls on this, but you know, you know, we were talking earlier about the parable of the of the privately jealous boyfriend. You know, the the girl he was talking to, she was wanting to date other guys. My opinion, there's a different set of rules when it comes to courting and dating between guys and girls. And that is girls, I think, are allowed to talk to more than one guy at once. Because who does the pursuing, the guy or the girl? Well, it should be the guy. I know in some cultures, it's acceptable for the girl to take the initiative to the guy, right? Well, for dating, now in marriage, girls can take initiative for other things. But in with dating guys, they need to be taking the initiative. And so with that, guys, if you want an initiative, one girl at a time and figure it out. She needs to be open and suitable to date other guys. And I think she should be allowed to do that uh, without any fuss or any opposition. But just uh, to be fair, to be cordial, talk about it, girls. If you want to date other guys, say so. That's all you got to do. Uh, or maybe put a one-month limit on it. I don't know. But I just, I can't stand that, the talking phase. It's its like the, the guy thinks he's married to her, you know, and pound to her and all of that. That's just weird. That's not fair. So I think talking, be open, okay? That's just how it is. One step at a time, one phase. Be open to, to dating other people. Now, I believe in the official thing. I think that's a good thing. And I didn't when I was young because I didn't know what it was. I don't know. I thought it was an unnecessary term. But I figured out it's actually very good. Official simply means we're dating, but we're only date we're only dating each other. It's just exclusively him and her. We are going steady together. And I think it's important because now you're not engaged, you're not promised, but you're just simply dating each other. And I think it's important because it's a way of getting a small taste of what marriage with that person would be like. And it's another important step in the process in finding out if they're suitable for you. I think the talking, the dating uh, for three months is good. Then another three months of being official is good. So you've got six months of uh, we know they're open to other people, but then we have three months of just her and I. And by that time, you should be able to figure out uh, if we're ready to uh, set an actual uh, ring on this, an actual uh, ring on the finger, a circle on the finger, or a circle on the calendar for a, for a wedding date. Okay? So then you get engaged. I recommend six months at least for an engagement. Six months' time, you can plan a very nice wedding. A very, very nice wedding. It's a good way to mentally and emotionally, in your living situation, all the preparation that goes into place. And then you get, you know, you have your wedding, you get married, and, and then you enjoy life together, okay? So these are really good things, all right? I don't think I had one weird situation with Sister G. I didn't. You know why? Because even though I didn't have a actually a systematic process for all of this, I just knew deep down inside after uh, my own failures and my own mistakes and observing the failures and mistakes of others, I met her at a wedding on July 12, 2008. I didn't want to get her number in front of everybody, but uh, I <laughs> sent her a little Facebook message and got her number, waited a few days and called her. And uh, we small talked a little bit, and uh, I pretty much said, hey, do you want to know what I thought about you when I met you? And she goes, yeah, sure. I said, I 
I thought, I wonder what it'd be like to have my mouth on hers. And I think she dropped her phone. <laughs> but I, I, uh, I had to let her know what I really thought. And uh, it just opened up <laughs> a major door to start sharing hopes and dreams. And uh, then I, I, and we were long distance. She lived 420 miles away from me. And uh, we actually uh, met up at the, uh, they, it's called the Youth Workers Convention now, or Youth Workers Training, I can't remember, but it used to be called the Community. We met there first week of August, so about, about a month later, 30 days later, and uh, went out for breakfast, but that was about it. But uh, man, I just, I was smitten. And then I, I drove up and uh, drove up for a weekend. We dated all weekend. It was great. Uh, made it official all of that, and just, uh, we dated. From the time we met to the time we got married, long distance was 21 months. And uh, just every once in a while, we would tell each other where we're at and how we're feeling. And, um, you know, we dated for, let's see, 11, uh, 13 months. 13 months. And uh, on September 25th, 2009, I asked her if she had it in her heart to be my wife, and she said yes. Got married May 22nd, 2010. I avoided a lot of weird situations because it was never a, we're just friends. It was never, we're just hanging out. It was never, I don't know, maybe someday, no, it was, I like you, she likes me. We're committed to dating, to build a great solid friendship between each other, preparing ourselves for marriage, and there was nothing weird about it. So you can do the same. You can do the same. Um, if you're single and really going through it, I recommend you, uh, listen to this episode maybe two or three or four or maybe five or six more times. I really think it'd be a blessing to you. I know we've had a lot of fun with this. It's supposed to be fun, but there's a lot of serious content in here. This is your life. This is your future. This is God's will. This is God's way. Uh, so be prepared for it. Thank you very much. I love you. God bless you. This is a very, very special time and season for this podcast. We have been bringing you the message of God, Bible, and Church for three years now. That's right, January of 2020, we published our first episode, and we have been publishing content on a regular basis ever since then, and uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed being your host for this podcast for three years, and Lord willing, we're going to keep it going. But we need to make an announcement to try to avoid weird uh, host-to-listener situations. It's some people leave their content up for years and years. You know, it. I mean, every once in a while, you'll see a YouTube video pop up from 2007, and it's just like, ugh, I can't even watch that. You know, and I don't want that to be here for this podcast because my style has changed, the content has changed, and we want it to feel fresh and up to date. And so now writing, when you publish, when you put something in writing and a written work, it's permanent. It's there forever. And books are become timeless. Well, podcasting, the way communication is and all that, it's, it's not really timeless. And uh, I've just noticed the stats. A lot of those early episodes, they're not really getting played too much anymore. And so 
another just I guess it's the podcast ethic is you don't keep stuff up stuff up after three years. So you might be seeing some of those older episodes disappear. And uh, please don't get mad. If you want to uh, hear some of that content that we talked about, just send me a message and we'll bring it back in a newer and a fresher way. You know, subjects like uh, signs uh, that you found your wife and signs you're going through burnout and, <laughs> you know, things like that. All of the stuff about the spiritual signals, right? That's what the show was originally called, but we changed it for, for many good reasons. And, uh, but I've, I, you know, when you take something away, you want to give something back. And what I'm going to give something back to you all during this time is from time to time during these second segments, we're going to bring up uh, great sound bites, great sound bites from our archives. And for your own listening pleasure, I keep a list of, of things that were fan favorites. And we're going to be playing sound bites for you sometimes during the second segment and hopefully for many, many years to come. So I love all of you. Enjoy here right now some audio from some of those original first episodes of the Justin C. Gleason podcast. Welcome to the grand opening of Spirit Signal. The red tape has been cut. Come on in. I'm your host, Justin Gleason. The word of the Lord says in the book of Mark, chapter number 16, begin reading at verse number 14. Later he, this is Jesus, appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompaniment of signs. Amen. Jesus is standing on the mountain. He had already suffered, bled, died, was buried, and rose again. And he's standing up there on that mountain. And the Bible says in our opening scripture reading that many doubted. Many doubted. That's the same language that you read in Exodus chapter 4 with Moses that the people would doubt me. But Moses came to Israel, told them that the I Am has sent me. He performed all the signs and they believed. He performed great signs in front of Pharaoh as a judgment against him, his nation, and his gods. Through mighty signs and wonder, the terror of Moses is still spoken of to this day in the land of Egypt. And in the same manner, in the same pattern, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and many of them stood there doubting. And the Lord wanted to make sure all of those doubters knew that those of you that believe, signs are going to follow those believers. It's like a cue to all of them. To all you that doubt, the believers are about to be shown, and the doubters are about to be exposed. 
And how did that happen? It came through signs. I want you to watch this. What does Jesus say to those who believe? He says they are going to take up serpents. What does that sound like to you? That sounds like Moses. In the same manner, Jesus is telling his followers they're going to take up serpents. It's a sign to them you're going to have power over demonic spirits. You're going to have power over devils. You're going to have power over spiritual darkness. What else does he say? They're going to lay hands on the sick. What does that sound like to you? It sounds to me a lot like what God said to Moses. Put your hand in your cloak, pull it out, put it back in, and the leprosy is gone. The same sign in the same manner is given to the disciples in the New Testament. You're going to have power to cure sickness and disease. What else does God give them? The power of baptism in his name. To wash away sins and have the blood of Jesus applied to their lives. In the same manner, God spoke to Moses and said, Pour the water on the ground and it becomes blood. And in the same way, the type and shadow, the copy, the pattern is fulfilled in the New Testament church. The power of baptism applies the blood of Jesus to somebody's life. God then said, you're going to speak with new tongues. You know, Moses is worried about talking and God says, I'll give you somebody else to talk for you. And what happens to the New Testament church? They speak with tongues. And it's not their brother talking through them. It's God himself speaking through them. So there you have it. Just like in the Old Testament and the New Testament. The doubt is there. And God says, I'm going to give all of you who believe in me signs to show the world and to show the doubters that I'm with you. You're going to take up serpents. You're going to lay hands on the sick. You're going to baptize and see people saved. You're going to lay hands on them and they're going to speak with new tongues. 